For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, Colts fans. Let's put a punctuation on this commode of a game we just got done watching. This is the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes as well so we can get more eyes and ears on the show. Thank you guys for joining me today. I'll keep this sweet and to the point for you. Uh, the Colts dropped Sunday's Week 12 matchup to the visiting Tennessee Titans by a score of 45-26. to That's right. The team they just beat by 17 points in their own house two weeks ago on national TV? That team. The Colts got completely whooped on offense, defense, and special teams. So, not a great time. Both the Colts and Titans entered with a record of 7-3. and and the Colts held the narrow lead in the AFC South with this game being a big deciding factor moving forward. Now the Titans take the lead and are a whole game ahead of the division as they now sit at 8-3 and three while the Colts now go to 7-4. and four. In the AFC playoff race, the Colts drop from the 4th seed to the 7th seed as of the end of their game. The week's not over so they could even drop further. Before we break this thing down, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you once again by Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. In our pregame show, I mentioned that I liked the Colts as three point favorites, as well as the over on game points at 51.5. We got the points, but we don't need to talk about the rest of that. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You hate to make excuses, and looking at them on the field, I don't know that the Colts beat the Titans Sunday regardless, but the Colts were really shorthanded. They entered the game without starting center Ryan Kelly, starting running back Jonathan Taylor, starting defensive tackle DeForest Buckner, starting defensive lineman Danico Autry, and starting linebacker Bobby Okereke. I think you get what I'm saying. During the game, they also lost starting left tackle Anthony Costanza to a knee injury. According to Jim Aiello of the Indy Star, it's an MCL injury. The injury showed up too. You're facing a guy like Derrick Henry, and you find yourself with some significant holes in the defensive front. There was also pretty consistent pressure on Phillip Rivers as the Colts miss Costanzo and Kelly. Against a defensive front that has Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons, that's just not going to be a great situation. I do think it's a cop-out to blame this on just being shorthanded, 
because Tennessee had their own issues as well. They're on their third left tackle of the season as Taylor Lewan and Ty Sambrello are both on IR and David Questenberry made his the first start of his career. They were also without their leading tackler Jayon Brown on defense and Jadavian Clowney who needs no introduction to Colts fans. After the game, Colts head coach Frank Reich spoke about the team's performance. Here he is. Okay, um, we'll get started here just to start off with injuries. Um, obviously, Costanzo had the knee, and then Kari Willis had a, a back and a quad. Obviously, tough loss came in here, you know, feeling confident, feeling prepared, and um, was, was just a very poor effort. Got outplayed, got outcoached, um, really in all three phases. And uh, so not good enough. We got to learn from it. Um, a loss is a loss. So when we talk about not riding the wave, that means whether it's a win or a loss, we got to, we got to, what we talk about is learn from it and move on. Win or lose, learn from it and move on. So give the Titans credit. They came in here with something to prove uh, and they did that. All right, Mike Chappell, you want to start us off? Frank, you've never used personnel and people not being in there for a reason. So, I mean, what, what goes into the fact each side of the ball just really didn't get it done today? Yeah, no, we, we just, we did not execute. You know, we just didn't do the little things. You know, we talk about in big games, it's about doing the little things right. And we didn't do that um, in all three phases. So we got to learn from that and get better. We had times we have done that right in big moments. Today, we didn't do that right in the big moments. Is, is it fair to say you did miss... Kelly and DeForest and Autry, I mean, that's fair, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's the NFL. I mean, it's, they got injuries too. Um, they got injuries too. So both teams are dealing, everyone's dealing with it this time of year. Zach Kiefer? Frank, on that note, I, I know those aren't excuses, but I'm curious, how weird of a week was it for you guys? You got DeForest, you know, the COVID list on Wednesday. You're waiting for Autry. You've got a lot of guys with the injury bug, and then yesterday you rule out Ryan Kelly, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it had to be one of the more challenging weeks you've had this season in terms of getting to Sunday. I mean, I, I, can, I totally get it that that's what it probably feels like from the outside, but, but inside, I, it doesn't feel strange to me. I mean, um, we've all, you, you're in this game long enough. You go through things like this. You go through injuries, you go through weird situations. Obviously it's 2020, so it's a little bit different this year than other years. But the bottom line is circumstances. You know, as a team, we talk a lot about, you know, we can't allow circumstances to dictate, you know, what what we're about. So in changing circumstances, that's when I'd like to think that we're gonna be at our best. And we were not we were not at our best today. Stephen Holder. Frank, uh, obviously, you have to adjust to, to losing uh, certain personnel. You lost Costanzo. How did you feel like you guys reacted to that? And then similarly, you know, with Raven in there, and then similarly, uh, how did Pinter play in, in Kelly's absence, do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Stephen had to, you know, look at the film hard. Um, but in the course of a game, and I know you guys appreciate this, that, you know, on the sideline, when a guy gets hurt, there's there's never any – uh-oh, what are we going to do now? I mean, it's, it's, you know, I get the training staff come over to me and say, hey, Costanzo's out, and so we're good. You know, we just move on, and, you know, the Raven, uh, you know, the Ravens had reps, our guys have had reps, so um, you literally you don't flinch. Um, you, you do that for two reasons. Number one, first and foremost, you believe in those guys. You believe in the guys that are coming in. 
um, we've had winning experiences with those guys. So, and then secondly, that's just, you know, who we want to be as a team. So, um, and, but we have to learn to do that. You know, that's not something that's ever given. We can do it one week and there's no guarantee you do it the next week. And, you know, I literally felt we came in at half and played about as bad a half as we could play. We're down 21. And I really thought we were going to come back and win the game, even though it felt like there's no way. Um, you just play it one play at a time. Our defense came out and really played some good football in the second half and gave us a chance. We just couldn't get it going offensively uh, in the second half. So um, that's that was the story. Kevin Bowen. Hey, Frank, I've got two. First one, um, I'm sure Costanzo's heading for an MRI, but any word on severity? Um, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the worst case scenario. That's all I that's all I know for right now. I'm not feeling like that's the case. And then um, what do you see from your run defense trying to control the line of scrimmage today? It was rough in the first half. I mean, they obviously we talk about it. They have they had the best rushing attack in the NFL, the best back in the NFL. We knew it would be a challenge. Um, you know, I thought we handled it better in the second half, but we, we gotta we gotta play better team defense um, for sixty minutes. All right, we'll go a few more. Joel Erickson. I think obviously they've been very successful running the ball, but you guys have shut down attacks like that too. Why is it that this team seems to do the best job against your defense running the ball? I mean, they're, they're, they're good. They're well coached. They have good players. Um, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. But, you know, one thing we talked about here in the locker room a second ago was, you know, when we play our style of football, when we play the way we know we can play, we've proven that we can stop anybody. Um, but just doing it for 30 minutes isn't good enough. We got to do it for 60 minutes. Jim Maiello. Frank, does Quentin Nelson look like the same guy he's been the last couple of years? He had the holds last week. He felt like he got beat a few times. I, I, maybe he's playing through some injuries. I mean, I'll have to see the tape from today. I mean, I, 10 games into this, you know, 11 games now into the season, uh, you know, just as you, as I evaluate how he's played in 2020, you look at his grade week in and week out. Um, is great. He's grading out very well. So I, I think he's playing good football. You know, you play enough snaps, you get in a game like this. Um, you know, you, you're going to get they're, they're good. They got good defensive tackles. Um, so you're going to get beat every now and then. But still, I think Quentin is the best guard and the best offensive guard in the league. Last one, Mike Chappell. Maybe I missed one. Uh, having Blankenship kick off, what's up with that? Is Sanchez dealing with something? Um, yeah, uh, Rigo is just dealing with the with a physical issue that we got to get further evaluated, and um, you know, so Rod did a nice job stepping up, uh, and I give Rigo a lot of credit for the way he punted today and for really coming through for us um, when we needed him the way that he did. So, and then Rod, uh, you know, when Rigo wasn't able to kick off, Rod stepped in there and did a great job. On offense, the Colts had 336 yards on 67 plays, which is 5 yards per play. They were 5 of 13 on third down, which is 38.5%, and that continues to be an issue. The Titans were dead last on third down defense coming into this game. The Colts were 1 of 2 on fourth down, which is of course 50%, and 4 of 4 in the red zone, however, which is excellent. They also turned the ball over once. The Colts had a touchdown on each of their first two drives, and then once Costanza went out, they didn't score again until early in the fourth quarter, which spanned seven drives. 
On the flip side, Tennessee really never stopped scoring, so they could never catch up properly. The passing game wasn't great, but it wasn't all Phillip Rivers. Uh, There were also some drops that hurt the team as well. Rivers went 24-42 passing, which is 57.1%, for 295 yards, which is a 7.0 YPA. He had two touchdowns, one interception, and was sacked once for a final pass rating of 84.9. By starting Sunday's game, Rivers passed Eli Manning and tied Charles Woodson for the ninth most games started in NFL history. He's now got 235. T.Y. Hilton had his first big performance of the year. Uh, He caught four balls for 81 yards and a touchdown. He had his first 50-yard play of the season as well as his first touchdown. He also drew at least one defensive penalty, which is something he's been really effective at all year. He reached 9,000 career receiving yards, making him just the fourth player in Colts franchise history to reach that mark. He joins Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Raymond Berry. Hilton is also just the sixth player in franchise history to reach 9,000 yards from scrimmage. He also passed Dallas Clark for the 11th most total touchdowns in franchise history with 46 and tied Clark for the 6th most receiving touchdowns. Also by getting 19 receiving yards, Hilton now has at least 1,000 receiving yards against every AFC South opponent. Trey Burton had his second touchdown in as many weeks, becoming the third Colts tight end to have a touchdown in consecutive weeks, as well as uh, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox. He caught three balls for 42 yards total. Naheem Hines added eight catches for 66 yards. With his first two catches, he passed Reggie Wayne for the seventh most receptions by a Colts player in their first three seasons at 144. Hines also passed Edron James for the second most receptions by a Colts running back and the sixth most receptions by a Colts player in their first three seasons. Uh, James had 149. The Colts didn't run the ball all that well on the day, but I mean, what do you expect when they go into the game without their starting running back and starting center and lose their left tackle early in the game? They had 56 yards on 21 carries, which is 2.7 average. And quarterback Jacoby Brissett continued the, the little RPO gimmicky package that he's been playing. He had a pair of short quarterback dives for scores. Hines led the way with 29 yards on 10 carries, which is a 2.9 average. After the game, quarterback Philip Rivers spoke to reporters. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Philip, I want to ask you, um, once you lost your uh, starting left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, you guys were moving the ball very well in those first two drives. Did you get a sense that, like, Tennessee increased their pressure even more on you guys as far as trying to, you know, uh, get to you even quicker? You know, I think they they, they, they did uh, ramp up the pressure and, and, and pressure a heck of a lot more than they did in the first outing. Uh, was it in correspondence to the injuries up front? I don't know. I thought the guys up front fought their tail off. You know, we got – we were. We started off great those first two drives, and then we uh, obviously hit that six-series lull, I think. We ended all six possessions, five of them with a punt, and then the one, uh, you know, long interception. That's um, just wasn't very good, you know, and that was a lot of reasons. Most, And what sums it up is just lack of execution. Uh, they did mix up some things more than they had. I don't think it was anything necessarily that we hadn't seen or that we weren't prepared for. We just didn't execute well enough during those that six-possession stretch. and. You know, we got a few touchdowns late, but uh, it just wasn't enough, obviously. Kevin Bowen? Phil, it looked like a couple times after plays, you were maybe testing your foot out. How was that? How was the toe? How to hold up? 
um, it was fine. It was fine. Um, we started, we started well and, um, it, it, it had no effect on, um, my play. Zach Kiefer. Phil, what was the message in the locker room after the game? Five games to go, playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, shoot, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's somewhat, I mean, not necessarily that exact message, but, um, you know, as big as this one was, it's one game. And, you know, it's just, it's just like we talked about two, a couple of weeks ago. It's a week-to-week -week league. You know, uh, oh, huge win against Tennessee on the road, huge win against the Packers. And now here we sit, and now what, now what are we? You know, so it's a week-to-week -week league, and that's why, you know, as I know Coach has told you guys, he's told us we can't ride that wave. We can't ride that wave. We have to just dig back in. Um, Look at this. Look at what we look at our play critically, and and, and regroup uh, for another division game on the road next week. I and mean, there's five to play. Um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot can happen in five weeks, as we know. Um, but you know, we're the same guys that pulled in here five hours ago. The exact same guys, you know. And certainly, we just got to play better. They outplayed us today, and and uh, and shoot, they won the game. Jim Ayala. Yeah, Philip. I know. I'm sure Danny did his best to replace Ryan Kelly today, but a veteran like Ryan helping you pick up pressures and identify pressure. And how challenging was that without Ryan today? Yeah, I, I think Danny did a heck of a job. You know, Danny did his first start, you know, rookie, and I thought he did a heck of a job. Obviously, I, I'm, not, I'm not evaluating or grading his play, but I'm saying I thought he did a heck of a job handling, handling it the way he did. Um, I thought we did good as far as identifying all the pressure stuff. You know, there were some where I'd like to, uh, you know, helped our backs out a, a couple times, but. Um, um, uh, shoot, I thought Danny stepped in and did a nice job. At the same time, you, you want to compliment Ryan because you're, you're replacing arguably the best center in the league, you know. So, um, but Danny, Danny did an admirable job uh, stepping up. Remmer? Phil, I know uh, you don't want to ride the roller coaster, but as you get into the last month of the season, is, does the margin for error shrink? Do you have to be a little more on your, your details now? Well, I think you always do. And it's, it's, it's that's what we, you know, that's what's, I mean, that's the culture we, 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 we have here. We didn't do it well enough today, but I mean, we, we, I don't know that you can talk about the details and fundamentals and technique and all those things more than we do and more than we emphasize it, more than we practice it, and really more than we all believe it. Uh, we just didn't didn't get that done today. So yes, I mean, uh, but I think yes, it does, but it's it, these five weeks are just as important as the first five. You know, I mean, it's one, it's, it's one at a time, but certainly uh, the consequences, um, although they all count the same, so you can point back to any one loss, but yes, the consequences are, you know, are at the same time, the reward, I guess, based on how these last five weeks is, uh, you know, a little more, uh, I guess it's a little more magnified uh, because of, of what, where, what you know now of where everybody sits. Thanks, we, can't, we, we can't, we can't worry about that. I mean, we got the Texans on the road. That's really all we can worry about. What did we not do well enough this week? How can we get better? And then how do we find a way to beat the Texans? I mean, that's really all we should, all we should worry about at this point. Things were an even bigger bummer on defense. Tennessee had 449 yards of offense on 68 plays, which is 6.6 .6 yards per play. They were 5 of 12 on third down, which is 41.7%. They converted their only fourth down attempt, and they were 4 of 5 in the red zone, which is 80%. Ryan Tannehill did pretty well throwing the ball. He was 13 of 22 passing, which is 59.1% for 221 yards. That's a 10.0 YPA and one touchdown for a pass rating of 108.3. The Colts technically got one sack on Tannehill, but that was Darius Leonard forcing him out of bounds shortly behind the line of scrimmage. I understand there was no Buckner or Autry, but not getting more pressure on Tannehill was unacceptable, and I'm sure defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus and defensive line coach Brian Baker would feel the same way. 
Again, Tennessee was on their third left tackle, and their right tackle, left guard, and center have all been really banged up. Uh, Titans receivers A.J. Brown and Corey Davis looked like the real deal as they combined for 168 yards and a touchdown on seven catches, including Brown's 69-yard catch and run. Running the ball? Wow. The Titans racked up 229 yards and four touchdowns on 45 carries, which is a 5.1 average. They were led by the league's leading rusher, Derrick Henry, who had 140 yards and three touchdowns in the first half alone. He finished the game with 178 yards and those three touchdowns on 27 carries, which is a 6.6 average. The Colts obviously have not had an answer for him this season after he went over 100 on them a couple weeks ago as well. Despite the team performance, I don't want to take away from the fact there were a couple nice individual performances. Uh, their days weren't perfect by any stretch, but Darius Leonard was all over the place, racking up 14 tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a pass breakup on a third down. He also had one other quarterback hit. It was the 18th game of his career that he's had at least 10 tackles, which ties him with former Colts linebacker Jarrell Freeman for the third most such games in franchise history. I also thought safety Kari Willis played pretty well also. He had six tackles, including one huge solo open field tackle against Derrick Henry, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hit. After the game, one of the leaders of the Colts' defense, Anthony Walker, spoke to the media. Here he is. Anthony, uh, I'll ask you the same question I just asked Taekwon. I mean, you guys, you're so consistent against the run generally. And, you know, to see you guys struggling to get a stop against Henry the way you did, just how odd was that and how unusual a feeling was that for you guys? Uh, definitely, um, you know, we take pride in stopping the run. Uh, didn't get the job done today. Uh, comes down to execution. Uh, we didn't execute. Um, yeah, that's what it came down to. We didn't execute today. Uh, Got to get back to the drawing board. And um, yeah, that's about it for that one. Joel Erickson. Anthony, how, how much of a role does not having DeForest or, or Janico play in the way you guys play on defense? Yeah, DeForest uh, is a great player. We understand that. We take no excuses, though. We understand that um, this is an NFL football game. Um, you know, guys are up, guys are down. We got to be able to adjust. Um, yeah, it comes down to that. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get the job done today, and uh, we can't make any excuses about who was out. Uh, that's the NFL. Guys are going to be hurt. You know, this is a weird year, COVID, everything. Uh, we can't make no excuses. We got to come out and execute, and uh, we didn't do that today. Kevin Bowman. Anthony Darius was talking earlier about getting hit in the mouth early in games, and it shouldn't take that. Why do you think you guys have struggled out of the gate lately? Uh, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, something that we really need to get fixed if we want to be, um, if we want to reach our goals this year, we have to correct that. Um, it shouldn't take us getting punched in the mouth for us to come out, you know, and respond. We have to we have to be early to we have to be first to uh, throw the first punch. And um, we understand that this is a boxing match at the end of the day. And if we don't throw the first punch and we get hit in our mouth uh, and that continuously happens, then, uh, you know, it needs to get corrected. So that's, uh, that, that's something we need to fix. Pat Kiefer. Anthony, you've been a, a big part of this team the last couple of years. One of those teams was, was going up at this time of the year. Last year's team was going down. Where is this team going with, with your field five games to go? This is a, a different team than both of those. Um, 
we're locked in on right now, getting getting ready to go to Houston next week. Um, we're not worried about the past. We're not worried about anything, but right now it's getting ready for Houston. And uh, we have to be ready to respond to the challenge that they present. And uh, that's what that's our focus right now. All right, everybody. That's all I've got for you today. Hopefully your fantasy scores are more in your favor this week than this one was. Remember to subscribe to the show and, re- and rate and review us on iTunes. One of these days, I will say that smoothly and not trip up over my words. Don't worry about it. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, and more. Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts, and me personally at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. You can find my written work with Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the quest, the call for questions on Twitter. Today's show was sponsored by Bet Online. If you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcasts, please contact them at believe.com. Or if you're just interested in our show, shoot me an email. We'll be back with you later in the week to chat about the Colts and Texans coming up next Sunday down in Houston. Have a great week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.